Well, good morning to each one this morning. I hope you're all glad to be in the house of the Lord again today. I um, also had some thoughts on the devotional, devotional message. Um, another, yeah, definitely a reason for, I don't know if you pointed out, Earl, when you reason for the, there in Samuel, that that to be written down in the scripture, thus the fact that when we look at our trials compared to those, we can, we can say, well, we maybe help us stop having a pity party for ourselves and get up and, um, with the courage of David and, um, the spirit of David and praise the Lord. Um, even, even though our trials aren't nothing, they are, they are real. They are real, and um, but if we can have that spirit of David and um, that heart to to first, yeah, you might pour out your problems, and then you you pray, and then you um, you get then then through the prayer you get the power, yes, and then you end up praising the Lord and rejoicing in His goodness to us. And, um, yeah, I, um, I'm encouraged this morning to, um, to be on this journey of faith and, um, in this Christian life and to, um, be, have such a, a great God that we can pour out any trials and troubles and, um, pray to Him and receive that power and to, Get up and to praise. So thank you, David, for that. And um, may we be like David. <clears throat> okay, let's um, pray before I start the message. Dear Lord, come before you this morning. Thank you for being a great God, being a great and holy, awesome God, and being um, all-knowing and all-powerful, but yet also being our personal Father, being our Daddy. You care about each one individually, each one very personally, and we thank you for that. Thank you that you can give us even more time than any parent on earth could ever give us. You give us your um, personal attention. Thank you for that, Lord. Help us now this morning as we look at your word and your heart for um, the people of the world, for the children of the world. We want to um, just have open hearts and ears and help us to to see where we can um, grow in our hearts and lives. Just pray you give me the words to say, and may you um, be honored and glorified. Take um, all the fear of man away, and that I would speak those things that you've laid on my heart, and that you would um, receive all the honor and glory. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> so, this morning, um, we'll... I got my title out of Romans 8.15, so we can turn to Romans 
Romans 8:15 says, "For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father." The spirit itself bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs heirs to, of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So there in 15, we have not received the spirit of bondage to fear, but to have but ye have received the spirit of adoption. So the title of my message is The Spirit Spirit of Adoption or The Spirit of Adoption. There now in um, the New Testament with um, the after Christ came then we now have a personal relationship with Jesus with God not like in the Old Testament in the Old Testament just the priests you know could go into the holiest of holies once a year but and they did it with great fear and trembling because if they if they didn't have something right they would um, be struck dead if they weren't didn't go through all the ritual cleansings but now we can right, come right into the holiest of holies. We call and we call God Abba Father. We call Him. It's like, um, yeah, Daddy God. It's it's very um, that Abba is a very personal personal term. He's um, he's our Father. <clears throat> so what I want to talk today about talk about is God's heart for for the orphan but also for children children in general for the vulnerable child for the unused un, unborn for the abused and um, just children what is God's heart for children and what is what is our heart what is our heart when we think about that there there are 65 passages in the Bible that that share God's heart on children. And, yeah, it's a very dear, dear subject to the Lord. And so, as we, um, yeah, this is, this subject's bigger than just helping, helping an orphan or, um, or helping a woman that was considering abortion and helping the children or helping give money and praying for the missionary that's working with helping girls out of the sex slavery or um, helping with children's ministry or it's this is way bigger. This spirit of adoption is bigger than just um, just what um, just helping, you know, some needy needy soul that but it it includes that but it's way bigger than that god's heart um for the those that cannot fend for themselves and that are in vulnerable situations so this morning this is not um some for 
guilt to put you on some sort of guilt trip or some kind of correction. It's not um it's not that. I want it to be an encouragement to us that we would check our own hearts and see if we um look at our priorities and see if we have that that spirit of adoption, that spirit that God wants to give to us. <clears throat> so I hope I can um keep my thoughts clear and to um share it in a way that you all can understand and um hear God's heart through through the words this morning. Hopefully it will give us a more of a burden to um to just be be the men and women God is calling us to be to to reach into the children in our lives and those that um God would bring into our lives are those that we can reach out and touch wherever um it's not like I said it's not that we can um this isn't just so that you know somebody's like oh okay well then I'm going to go down to the adoption center and I'm going to you know you ask, go down to the adoption center and say I want 15 children you know this is not um this is not just to um, to put you on yeah say that well okay we need to do something well yeah maybe we do but it's help us to help us think through this and how how are we doing what's the temperature the church what's the temperature in our lives are we um doing what we can and so and toward the end I'll also talk more some about priorities and what um what are our priorities in life and what takes priority and so I just um yeah I was really this is I'm preaching to myself as much as anybody I was really challenged and um blessed as I studied for this message <clears throat> so I just thought um maybe you could think of some of your role models in your life some of the people that that you look up to just think for a little bit those um i just thought as i thought over different ones you pr- probably they probably have probably have large families now you might say well that probably doesn't hold true well not necessarily just physically they probably have many spiritual children that um it's not this spirit of adoption doesn't just affect physical the physical it affects spiritual like so what i'm saying is as you have mentors maybe maybe your you know somebody's father isn't born again they need a spiritual father they need somebody to come along beside beside them and and mentor them lead them same with a girl if they don't have a mother that um they need somebody and so hopefully we can um step in there and be that to someone to to um give that help that spiritual guidance just to be lend that helping hand and so that's what as you you know I was thinking about you know role models and that's often those in the christian life that are serving pouring out their lives they 
they have big families. In the spiritual realm, they have, they welcome people into their homes. They, they're willing to talk and to share. <clears throat> and so, we, I just, yeah, may we, um, that's my heart. That's not the, just the numbers of physical children. It's not the numbers of just how many, you know, orphans or how many children we bring to children's ministry. It's about reaching into um, to as many as the Lord allows us, gives us grace to reach out into their lives and to touch them in, in the spiritual sense especially and to help them. <clears throat> there is... Um, the verse in Proverbs 24. Let's turn to Proverbs 24:11. Proverbs 24, verse 11. So, here in Proverbs 24. Verse 11, you, King James, I guess, you know, you, you can read over it. So if let's read it in King James, and then I have another version here. If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death, and those that are ready to be slain, if thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not, doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth he not know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? So I don't know if you've um, ever seen that verse or studied that verse, but I um, I got some of these from somebody else's message and um, some of these verses and a few stories. So um, this ver- he he read it out of. The New American Standard Bible. So I'm going to read that verse in that and see um, if it brings a little more to light what this is talking about. Deliver those who are being taken away to death and those who are staggering to slaughter. Oh, hold them back. If you say, see, we did not know this. Does he not consider it who weighs the hearts? And does not does he not know who keeps your soul? And will he not render to man according to his work? Just the um So there's people, you know, we know there there's many people around around us that are they're going they're going to death. We know that they are um, on their way to eternal damnation. But it says, if we would reach out, you know, hold them back. But then we say, well, we didn't know it, you know. But then, but God, God weighs the heart. God sees, sees our hearts and He knows um, everything, and he'll he'll render to man according to his work. He will 
repay us according to to how we applied the scripture and to to help the needy and the helpless and those that are on their way to to hell, but to pull them out like it says another scripture, um, pulling them out of the fire, but hating even the garment that is stained by the flesh. Not word for word there, but <clears throat> so that is that is powerful. That um, may we see the um, yeah the pro, the how song um, Solomon here sharing about helping helping the helpless, helping those that are um, being dragged down the path of death. Here's a um, a story I'm going to read. I don't know if any of you's heard it before, probably a few. But here it's about this an old German man that told this story. There was many he always had many nightmares about trains. But he would he would never tell anybody why. He just said, "I'm okay." You know, it's okay. I, you know, I'll get over it. But then finally one day, when he was old, he broke down and told his story. <clears throat> he was a little boy. When he was a little boy in the, his church, the church his family went to had a railroad tracks right beside it. Every Sunday, the train would rumble by. The exact same time every Sunday. It was It was loud. So you can imagine how they probably had to wait for it to pass to continue the service. Probably, maybe, you know, how it is when you're in somewhere in the public and something gets real noisy, you try to keep on going, but you might just have to stop for a little bit while it's noisy. Then, in this spring of 19... 44, something very different happened. This man, <clears throat> this man was a little boy, and the train was on time, and it came rattling and clanging by the church. So like normal, they probably waited, but this time, the train came to a complete stop. Never did that before. All of a sudden, it comes clanging to a stop. Some sort of emergency standstill. As they got, as it got quiet, you can imagine the minister starts speaking again to continue the service. But like human nature, they were listening to the train because it wasn't normal for the train to stop there. Then they all started hearing from the train voices of hundreds of people who were crying out from the train cars. It was something they couldn't ignore. The people crying and calling for help banging and screaming for someone to help rescue them. The crying was so loud, everyone in the church was visibly shaken. (laughs) By the realization, they were hearing people on the way to concentration camps. Up to this point, the Germans heard things that they knew things were happening in the concentration camps, but did not come to the full realization of the things that were happening. 
So they were, there they were, hearing the cries of Jews. Not just Jews, but German Jews. They were desperate, scared, and had no options. The old German man telling his story said, The minister, a faithful man of God, there in the church for many years, he knew he needed to lead out and lead out somehow, and he started singing a familiar hymn. In the awkwardness, the crazy awkwardness of the moment, the congregation started slowly singing the hymn till they were singing, till they're all singing, till they're all singing so loud that they couldn't hear the cries of the Jews right outside the church doors. They continued singing hymn upon hymn until the train left and was out of hearing. No one ever talked about that event. No one, not, and this old, this old man went on to share more of why he had these nightmares about the trains. When he, as he was a little boy in the back or whatever, he slipped out, he slipped out of his pew, out of the church, near, out to the train, as he stood outside the church, he looked up and down the cars, and right there in front of him, pressing out, pressing out of the car in front of him through a broken board, was a young woman's face, pressing out just enough that the shown lit up her face that he could see her. As they looked at each other, him and this young woman, he at the end of the church walk, and the girl in a crowded train car. She spoke to him and said, What is your name? He just stood there, just looking at her, stunned that, you know, just a young girl. And then he, she said again, What is your name? Then before he could say anything, a soldier came around the train and told the boy to get back in the church. But he never forgot that. And he never forgot the fact that he didn't do anything. And that was the burden to him all them years that why he had those nightmares and the just that burden that he didn't didn't reach out. He couldn't do anything and and the church didn't do anything. They just sang a little louder. That um so that's um, you know, that's something we, it just probably sends chills down your spine to hear that story. But how is it today? Are we hearing the cries of the many around us? Are we hearing the cries of the those that are helpless that can't help themselves? There is um. You probably heard the term the Holocaust of America. The the abortion is just if we would put if they would be all little children in in train cars, it probably would add up to as many as I don't didn't do the numbers, but you know, it's it's probably larger than the the Holocaust of of Germany there. So now, 
we can try to do things like I was saying. This is not about to put us on a, a guilt trip. This is not. This message is not to to do something out of fear or obligation to God. But we want that heart, like I was saying. And so, <clears throat> let's turn to James. If we if we try to do it out of fear, or obligation, or guilt, just because we feel guilty, we need to do something. That won't, that might, might, you might get something done, but it's not what the Lord is wanting. James 1, 26 and 27. We can't fulfill James 1, 26 and 27 if we are just trying to do it out of, out of guilt, out of our own strength. If any man among you seems to be religious and bridleth not his tongue but deceiveth his own heart this man's religion is vain we don't want vain religion do we we don't want something that's just uh, just a shell or just something that um, is that looks good that that form of form of Christianity form of religious but we want 27 Pure religion and the undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. There's many, there's many organizations that are reaching out and doing lots of humani- humanitarian aid, lots of good for the hungry orphans in Africa and Haiti or wherever, but... They're missing that, that very last part. Most of the time, they're often missing that last part. They're, they're not keeping themselves unspotted from the world. They look very worldly. Um, not, it's not our place to judge where they're at. But if we want pure religion, we will we'll reach out and help those, and we will keep ourselves unspotted from the world. And I know that's what what our hearts are. That's what... We all want. Are we going to be like that man down the road, thinking back across our lives and then wishing we had done something more, wishing we had done something for those that were crying out, those, those unheard voices, those that... Um, that were vulnerable, those orphans, those um, those that were um, aborted. Or did I used to think, you know, I didn't, you know, really care much about it. I thought, oh well, you know, wicked people, you know, do wicked things, and at least they're, you know, babies are going to heaven. But that's, you know, that's a horrible justification or whatever. It was. Um, we want. We should care about each little... They're just a human being, just like you or me. And I don't need to go into the description of, you know, how they end them babies' lives. But um, we want to reach out to those that we can. <clears throat> but, again, it's not... This is not to put us on a go trip or 
saying you're not doing enough. If um, I just want to stir our hearts now that we're on our knees asking God to show us how to be his hands and feet. And again, I'm saying this just for myself as much as anyone. Is there heart, is there room in your heart for just one more? Is there room in your heart for, to help another person, to help another child, to help another soul onto God, to, to, um, encourage them, whether it's, um, young or old, whether it's, uh, um, orphan in Africa or, uh, just a child down the street that needs love and attention or a youth that needs needs a home, a Christian godly home for a time to be their um, spiritual guidance and to encourage them on to God. There's many there's many testimonies that that where there is different fathers and mothers that have done that and changed young people's lives. <clears throat> Let's read uh, Mark ten thirteen and 16 through 16. Mark 10. Mark chapter 10, 13 through 16. And they brought young children to him that he should touch them. But his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, and he put his hands on them and blessed them. We see here that, yeah, we know Jesus, Jesus took time for the children. He had, he cared about the children because that, that is very dear to his heart, to God's heart. And then Matthew chapter 15 verse 22. Matthew chapter 15 verse 23 through 28. This is that that troubling passage, that passage you wonder why um why did Jesus respond this way? <clears throat> so Jesus in twenty and Jesus went thence and departing the coast of Tyre and Sidon, and behold a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord. Lord, son, thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But when he, but he answered and said, I am not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. They came, 
Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. So this passage, we see that Jesus acted a way that really was probably, it's not really God's heart, right? But I think what Jesus, this passage is trying to say to us is, there was, how many, do you think, well, let me ask this question first. Do you think there was, um, many, there was many people, we know many people that wanted Jesus' attention. Many people that were begging for his attention. So, Jesus was human. It says he was fully, fully man and fully God. So, he only had 24 hours in a day. He only had 24 hours in a day just like we do. And he had to eat, sleep, and rest and as like a human being. I'm sure he stretched himself to the max, but he didn't burn out either. He didn't overtax his human body where he got sick and died. He didn't, you know, he knew where the limit was with his human body. We sometimes, I, yeah, I'm saying this as I'm, as I'm thinking about it myself. You know, he, he had to know his limits. And, because the Bible does say he was tempted in every way as we are. And so as we think about this and as I think about, you know, burnout and stuff, and we do not, um, you know, that's not something that Jesus did. He was able to to use his time in a way that was profitable. And those that wanted to hear the truth, those that that were willing to accept it, and like the parable of the sower, you know, I'm sure there was many seeds that fell on stony ground or different ones that fell on shallow soil and things. But when it came down to Jesus showing his attention to somebody, I think this is, is showing us that maybe this lady in the past, maybe she wasn't serious about God. She... Maybe she came begging other times. And Jesus said, you know, it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. He said he's, you know, he's called to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He was called to, to the Jews. But here this woman, he, she said, then she just was crying out. She's like, um... There she, yeah, she said, but Lord, yeah, after Jesus called her a dog, said it's not me to, you know, cast cast uh, the bread and give it to the dogs. But she said, truth, Lord, yeah, the dogs eat it from the crumbs which fall from the master table. So I think, you know, there's times that um, that there's people even in our lives that we have to know when they're not the true seekers. So this is um, another, just sort of a 
another um, point of my message about our priorities and knowing where and how to spend our time because there will be many people that will um, be wanting our time, but we can we only have 24 hours in a day. We only have so much time. We need um, to prioritize our time carefully. Okay, now I have uh, another little story that goes along with with that part of when people maybe call for time and um, it's we need to have much wisdom and to ask the Lord for much wisdom when and how to help them and when not to. So here's a sort of a little interesting story. Hurrying along, a man was moving towards his goal of everything he had ever wanted and waited for. His heart was delighted and glad to be on his journey to get to his goal. He came to a bridge that crossed through the middle of the town and it was built very high above the river in order to protect it from the floods of spring. He started across. Then he noticed someone coming the opposite direction. As he got closer, it seemed as though the other were coming to greet him. He could see clearly, however, he could see clearly. The other was dressed similarly, except he had something round, tied around his waist. When they were within hailing distance, he could see that he had was, wrapped, was a rope wrapped around him. It was wrapped around him many times and probably, extend, if extended, would reach the length of about 30 feet. Then the other began uncurling the rope, and just as they came close, the stranger said, Pardon me, would you be so kind as to hold the end of this rope for me for a moment? Surprised with the politeness of the man's phrase, he said, and his, like his curious request, he agreed. Sure, he said, as he reached and took out the end of the rope. Thank you, said the other. Two hands now, and remember, hold tight. Whereupon the other man jumped off the bridge. <clears throat> Quickly, the free-falling body hurled the distance of the rope. The rope's length, and from the bridge, the man of Sorry, from the bridge, the man uh, felt the abrupt pull and instinctively he held tight and was almost dragged over the edge himself. But he managed to brace himself against the edge and after having caught his breath, he looked down the other dangling close to oblivion. He yelled down and said, What are you trying to do? The other man said, Just hold tight. This is crazy, the man thought as he began to, trying to pull the other man out. But he could not get the leverage that he needed. It was as though the weight of the other person and the length of the rope had been carefully calculated as carefully calculated <clears throat> together as they created a, together with the person that created a counterweight just beyond his strength so he could not bring the other back to safety. Why did you do this? He called out. Remember, if you let go, I'll be lost. But I cannot pull you up. I'm your responsibility, said the other. I didn't ask for it, the man said. Just remember, if you let go, I'll be lost. He began looking around for help, but there was no one. How long would, you have, would he have to wait? Why did this happen? Just as he was about to go and see his goals for God. He examined the side of the bridge, searching for 
a place to tie the rope, some protrusion perhaps, maybe some hole in the boards. But the boards and railing were unusually uniform in shape, and there was no spaces between the boards where, and there was no way for him to get rid of his unfound burden, even temporarily. What do you want? He asked the man who was dangling below. Just your help. How long? How can I help? I cannot pull you in, and there's no place to tie the rope, so I can go and find help to pull you up. I know that. Just hang on. That'll be enough. Tie the rope around your waist. Maybe it'll be easier for you. For fear that he could not hold on much longer, he tied the rope around his waist. Why did you do this? He asked again. Don't you see what you have done? What possible purpose could you have made in your mind when you did this? Just remember, said the other man, my life is in your hands. I'm your responsibility. What should he do? If I let go... All my life I'll know this. I let the other die. If I stay, I risk losing my long sought after salvation. Either way, this forever. Either way, forever with this ironic. Okay. So then he thought with this ironic humor. He thought maybe he should just die himself. Instantly jump off the bridge with the still holding on. That would teach this full lesson. But the thought quickly left as he also wanted to live, and wanted the other also to live. What a choice he had to make. What would he ever decide to do? The time went by, so no no one came, and the critical time moment of decision was drawing near. To show his commitment to his, to his goal, he would have to continue on his journey. Now it was already almost too late to arrive. But driving time, but the terrible choice he had to make. What a terrible choice he had to make. A thought occurred to him. While he could not pull the up, other up solely on his own efforts, he could not pull the other up solely on his efforts, but if the other would shorten the rope on his end by wrapping it again and again around his waist, they could possibly make a go of it. Actually, the other could... By himself, as long as he, standing on the bridge, kept still and steady long enough. So, now listen, he shouted down. I think I know how to save you. He explained himself in clear detail. But the other said, no thanks. You mean you won't help? But I told you, I cannot pull you up myself. I don't think that I can hang on much longer either. But you must hang on, the other cried back. If you fail me, I die. The critical time of decision arrived. Then a revelation, a new idea, so new in fact that it seemed heretical, so alien that was it was to his traditional way of thinking. He said, I want you to listen carefully because I'm, I mean what I'm about to say. I won't accept the position of choice you have made on my life, but only for my own. The position of choice for your own life I hereby give back to you. The man dangling down says, Huh? What do you mean? With a sound of fear in his voice. What I mean is simple this. You decide which way this ends. I'll become the counterweight. If you help yourself up, you do the pulling and bring yourself up here. I'll even tug a little for you. 
he began unwinding the rope from around his waist and braced himself anew against the side of the bridge. You cannot mean what you're about. What you just said, he shrieked. Shrieked him out and down over the side. You would not be so selfish. I am your responsibility. The man on the bridge said, No, you are not my responsibility. I am my responsibility, and you are your responsibility. I entrust you to the Lord. Now, my, my question to you is this. Will you follow me or not? <laughs> so that is the end of the story. So, there's just a little, you know, funny story that shows how that there are times there's people that want to to put all the weight and responsibility of them staying alive on you. You know, they want to always have somewhere to dump, always somebody to dump on or, you know, to, to hold them there. And, you know, you can fill in the blanks. You know what? You know, maybe somebody in your life that was like that. But um, it takes a lot of discernment. And that is where we have to give back we give back to them their choice of their life and what they're going to do because we can't just um, forever baby their needs, just spoon feed them. We cannot spoon feed, you know, a bunch of people. There might be a time and season for a little of that, but, you know, we can't have 12 babies. and You can't take care of, you know a whole bunch of needy little children that don't want to be, don't want to grow up. You can't forever just take care of somebody like that. They need to want to grow and and mature in the Lord. So I thought this especially, yeah, also applies, I mean, very much here and also there in Africa. There's there's that, you know, it's hard, you know, to be a white man in Africa and you're you're there here and you, you can fill all the needs they ever had or ever will have and so where that balance is to know where you need to say no that um, there's many times that we just have to say no to things because there is there's more important things in our lives now let's read um, Matthew 10 Matthew chapter 10, verse 12. Matthew chapter 10, verse 12. And when ye come into a house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it not be worthy, let your peace return to you. And Whosoever shall receive you, who has, shall not receive you, nor hear your words, then ye depart out of the house, that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in that day of judgment than for that city. So here, you know, you think after it says that in the end about more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah, you think it's like a real curse that you're almost like placing a curse. I used to think of it that way, but I heard um, someone share it. They studied that word about wiping their feet off or shaking the dust off. Is, uh, is, um, it's more of a sign of just 
saying, I've done what I could. I, I did my best, and now I leave it to you, and I'm going on my way. We, you know, that, you know, I've done my best, and now I'm moving on, and God will, God will judge them. But, um, that we, if they won't accept us and our message and want to grow, then we have to move on to somebody that does want our help, that does want the gospel, that does want to find God, that wants to reach out and grow in the Lord. Okay, now I have something to write on the board. If I'm... um, Maybe we should all stand up for a little bit. I'm seeing too <laughs> too many um need a little break from sitting. <clears throat> so here we got we got our plate, just a circle, since um I decided rather than trying to ride a table, I thought, well we often talk about our plates and how that um we we have too much on our plate, or you know, it's an English phrase. Um, we got a lot on our plate. So, what are some of the things that um, we want to fill our plate with? Call out a few pl- things. What are important things on our schedules that are important enough to put on our 24-hour day and on our plate? Sleep. Okay, I didn't have that one in there. I'm thinking more of, I'm well, the 12 hour, the 12, 12 hour day, the things that we think about um, when we have our waking hours. What are things we do? Yes. You mean I can sleep 12 hours. Well, <laughs> 16 hours. <laughs> however many it is, 18. Work. Okay, we have work in here. Yes. Work and yes. Okay, work and providing for family, pretty much same category. Any, um, what's family? Definitely time for family. I hope we all have that close to the top here. What maybe is higher than even them two things? Time with the Lord. Okay, you all may be seated again. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> Time with the Lord. God, relationship with God. Sorry if I'm writing too little for those in the back, but I just... Time with God, a relationship with the Lord is definitely um, important on the top of the list. Keep that first... And foremost in our lives, right? Number one. What else is important in our lives? We make time for yes. Yes. Giving, giving. You can really broaden out on that one. Giving time, giving giving time and money and help and Giving, 
Um, okay, what, you know, there's, what all do you, you know, there's youth in here. You know, do, does this fill up all your time slot in a 24-hour day? Or, twi- I mean, your your wait, waking hours. Does this fill up your time? Or is there other things? Now, put some things that are maybe lower on the list. What else do you fill your time with? Talking on the phone, well, answering the phone if it's a, yeah, so phone, we can just put phone, and then we can add in there, what all can we add on that one? If you have a, you, if you have a house phone, then you're, you know, you don't text on it, you don't look at it too much, you answer it, or you make the call, and you talk, and then you're done. But now we have phone, we have the, you know, the smartphone, so what... What all falls under that category? Hey, you all know it. Say, <laughs> just say it. <laughs> Texting. What else? What's happening? So you know. Okay. Shopping even, go on Amazon or whatever. So, yeah, a lot time. Ever, who's ever wasted time on their phone? Well, you don't have to. <laughs> we, know, we know if you've, if you have a smartphone, it's probably wasted some time on it. Hopefully you've, you've overcome that. And, um, but, <laughs> but it's something, you know. Okay, what else? We have, what, the soon this time of year comes around? We have recreation, yes. Not all under that category follows a lot of things. What falls under recreation that I noticed there was there's more use around here like doing lately. They go out on the water and fishing, so you know, you have that's not wrong in itself, right? We, we know that fishing and there's hunting and what else? There's sports. There's, um, yeah, on our phones, time online or time on the computer, reading blogs. Even it's, you know, we didn't, we're not um, saying anything that's, you know, sinful, in and of itself, but if they get our hearts, if we, these things, if we have too much time, we can work the, them to minimum in their place, keep it right in their place. So, just the part of um, ministering, do we have our, are we so full in our time schedules that we don't have time to help the neighbor down the street, we don't have time to reach out to a child in need, to someone else, to a youth that's struggling, or <clears throat> do we have do we have times? Now I understand. I'm not like I said again. I said before. I'm not. This isn't a guilt trip. I know. You know, we are a young congregation. We have lots of children, and we. It's not to put anybody on a guilt trip to have to. You know saying, oh, I need to do more, that you might have your playful and you might have your priorities right. God bless you. And um, 
you know, I mean that. There's, we're expecting twins here soon. We have, my sister-in-law had a baby this morning, and Matt and Matt Feeners had a baby, and that's great. And may we pour, may they all, you know, pour lives into these children to raise them for God's honor and glory. And that is, as we um, give, giving, giving um, God the right, giving the children the time that that um, God wants us to, giving, giving our time in the places that matter, rather than um, if we say, well, I'm so full, I can't. I can't go, you know, my schedule's too full. I can't go on flood cleanup. I can't, I can't help the, out with, you know, this need or that need or, you know, check your schedule again. Is, is work taking too big of a time slot? Is, is, you know, work taking that much and then we have a little time for recreation because we know we need some rest. Then we have, um, we know, we know we have God first and family up here. What are our priorities? I know I've, I, too much, I've had the idol of work and there's times in our lives maybe, you know, maybe God's calling us to, to, um, you know, we have to provide for our own, but, um, just, I'm not here to, to judge anybody. I'm not here to put anybody on a guilt trip, but may we check our hearts. And if, if, um, you see things in my life, come talk to me. If, if I'm, if I get too busy, I know one of the things that, um, I definitely have a burn for that I don't get too busy in that, that work category and helping others. Often it's, you know, helping others that can really make a big, with missionaries getting burned out and not helping their family and losing their families is the men gets too busy ministering instead of um, keeping his priorities straight. And so that's, again, that, that story that I read, that how we have to have much wisdom and knowing what, um, where to put our priorities. And, yeah... So, like I said, there's busy mothers here. I'm not meaning to put anybody on a guilt trip. Um, you, yeah, it takes 24 hours and some probably. Sometimes you feel to care for little ones. <clears throat> but then it comes back to this side of the room. The, the men, where are you? Are you letting the cho- your wife raise the family or are you... Pitching in, are you helping her so that she can carry that load? Are you helping? It looks like Matt's doing a good job. He's taking the baby. <laughs> so there's, you know, how much are you in that support role with your wife? I think I see, I really, uh, I'm encouraged what I see here. And you're all, I think, showing, um, showing me being good examples to me. Because I haven't been a father yet, really. I mean, I I can't wait to to be a daddy to Isaiah as we go, but um, I have a lot to learn, and so um, we just I want to encourage you all to to check where our priorities are, and if we can't have room for one more one more person, one more 
youth helping out if we don't have time for anybody else is our if if we're full up and you're you're helping others your priorities are right god bless you that's that's great i hope you know i hope that that's the case for some of you but i know too many times it hasn't been the case for myself <clears throat> Let's um, read Matthew sixteen twenty four. Couple more more verses and a um, couple closing thoughts, and I think I through. Matthew sixteen verse twenty four. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Forever, for whosoever, also 25, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. What, is, um, what does that say to you? You know that we know these verses by heart, but when it comes down to it, you know, it's so easy to to waste time, to not have the not be disciplined, not to be taking up our cross, and it you know it knocked on my door. You know, this last week as you know, I knew I had to prepare for this message, but then there's you know these little things that want to sidetrack me, and you know, it's like God help me, you know, keep my keep my focus on preparing this message. Well. May it be that way through all our lives. You know, it's just I've I'm always blessed when I'm on for the schedule that the part of digging into the word and it's it's um, a blessing. But if I would do that more and more on a regular basis, how much more could I dig out of this gold mine of the Bible in the God's word and getting close to His heart? So you can definitely pray for me in that. Matthew, let's also read Matthew 19, verse 27. Matthew chapter 19, verse 27. And... Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, Ye that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye shall also sit upon the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no wonder it's looking confusing. 27? No, okay. Sorry, I keep on going. 27 through the end. And everyone hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother for, or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last 
and last shall be first. We know that we are promised a crown of life in in the end. We are promised eternal life. But that last verse, verse 30, but many that are first shall be last in the last verse. And we know that means that those that, that had first chance often will be last. And those that were born again out of the dregs of sin, they, they end up taking the kingdom by force. They end up doing more for God, for the kingdom, than what we that were raised in godly homes or those that had a godly heritage sometimes um, end up doing. So may we not just be bench warmers. May we not just be just be um, just be living the Mennonite dream as I say. You know, God help us that we don't just fall to that that norm, normalcy of going to church and um, having a nice house, having a nice truck, and then you know that's what that's what we live for. It's not not wrong if we you know have a nice two-story house or whatever. You know, I'm not saying that, but how? Where is our hearts? Where are our priorities? And um, so God help us. Now another verse, another verse in Hebrews 12. One, we know that one by heart as well. <clears throat> Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So, like I was saying, sometimes our with um, priorities can get off, and we um, we get these weights. Oh yeah, I just about forgot my object lesson. I didn't have it in my notes, but we'll do that before I close, so that maybe as you think about um, these things, it can sort of be a last little object lesson to rivet in your mind. Okay, I need a young man. This is, you know, some heavy stuff here, so you, know, you need to be strong. Who wants to volunteer? Somebody raise your hand. Hey, yeah, Makai, you could do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can do it. Come on, Makai. Okay, so here we got, we got some tools and just what's the easy way. To um, to have some something. Okay, here. So I want you to put on this backpack. Do you take that responsibility? Okay, he'll he'll take the responsibility of carrying the backpack for me. No, <laughs> no, I won't jump off a bridge and leave him holding the rope. I won't do that. So is it heavy? No, it's not really heavy. He's got that. Well, now, these, go ahead, pick them up. You take that responsibility. Okay, he takes that responsibility. You think you could walk around in church a couple times? Not going to ask you to. Probably could. It's not too heavy. Oh, yeah, he's got this. He's got this covered. But, 
now, without putting those down, so now without putting those down, we got two baby bottles here with milk. So, you know, he's got a lot of responsibility. He took all this responsibility and he's carrying my tools for me. He has a backpack there. Okay, can you can you come pick these two up and don't set those down? You got these responsibilities. You accepted it. See if you can get these two baby balls. Don't spill them now. Oh, you... Not quite. Should I put it closer to the edge? Uh, he's he's trying hard. You can't he can't don't drop that responsibility. Oh wow. Okay. Oof. No, I don't think. Oh, they got one. Okay. Can't you get this one? Oh. Oh yeah. Okay. Good job. So, just um, you know, thanks. Okay. Before you take that off, see now look. Now, now, if you set these responsibilities down, can you pick them up? Oh, okay. Okay, now he, he, see, now his hands are free. He still has his backpack on. And let, but, let's see what, what's on your backpack. Go ahead. Hold it. Hold it for a little bit. So, what's all in this backpack? We got, um, some study books. We got a, we got a Bible. Got some good reading material. Got a songbook. We even we even got some babies in here. <laughs> even got some babies in here. So you know, if we if we prioritize we prioritize our time, you know, God, what God gives us is hand is we can handle that. You know, this this is to just be illustration. God will give us a backpack, something that we can go on. Hike for miles. You can hike for miles. But when get a priorities wrong, get too many other things, then we don't have time for other things. We don't have time to help help the helpless. Don't have time to help those spiritually, those that really actually things that that make a lasting impact. <coughs> So, may that um, little illustration just remind you as you think of those baby balls. Do do we have a priorities straight that we have time for for caring for those that can't help themselves? So, I hope you got something out of the message this morning, and may God um, bless each one of you as you all as you reach out and um, impact the kingdom for God's kingdom for his honor and glory. And um, I just hope it's an encouragement to encourage you all to to check our hearts, to check where our priorities are, what our goals in life are, what, are, you know, where are we going? <clears throat> so um, I just leave with that and um, God bless. <clears throat>